Welcome to the last episode from our series of episodes from the United States. So this will be the third that's come out. And this is kind of wrapping up our trip. The first show from when the first show that we recorded will now be out as of when this comes out. This will be out probably, I imagine, a few days after the last show. With Mr. Ben O'Brien recorded in the Meat Eater HQ, which is in Bozeman. Which yeah. seems to be where all the cool people live. <laughs> so, on the last show, we got as far as the first day, basically, in Montana, which was visiting Yellowstone National Park. I think that's a pretty good way to start. Yellowstone, take that off the list. Yeah. Probably one of the most famous places in America. It was, it, like we said on the last show, it was pretty spectacular. I, I was lucky enough to actually go back into the park uh, a couple of days afterwards. Yeah, two days, I think. Uh, and we... Uh, I was on a bison hunt. Incredible. Yeah. Well, so I believe. So I don't know from the pictures because <laughs> I didn't get to go, sadly. So it was it was a really, really last minute thing that I got to go along w- with a, 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 there was three other people on a bison hunt and uh, on horseback. Hmm. And it was kind of along, it, it wasn't exactly on the border of Yellowstone's Park, but it was, I mean, it was near enough, I guess, the the border, and we we went up into the the mountains, straight up into the trees, and the higher we got, the steeper the snow was, and by the end, the the horses kind of their chest was, you know, touching level with level it. with the snow. It was, it was pretty, it was amazing. It was amazing to be on horseback. It, it added challenges to the fact that I was taking pictures, but it was you take most of the pictures. From the back of the horse, I would say ninety percent of all the pictures were taken on from the horse. Incredible. Yeah, because I mean, there's there's two problems. Because one, the snow was so deep, so even if you got off the horse, you sunk <laughs> like and, up to your waist. And the horses are so big that you always be looking up. It just doesn't look right looking at that kind of mm. level up to them. It just doesn't look good. So you uh, had to kind of be on a horse and especially when you're wanting cool shots when you're going through trees so you're looking back in the saddle like twisted all the way around taking a picture and all the branches are really low so <laughs> you're being whacked in the back of the head because you're not looking the horse is ducking but you're not and my horse was called shrek what a great name for a horse yeah he was he was very very well behaved i have to say because about 20 minutes into it. He was a bit uneasy to begin with in the first 10 minutes when I first started taking pictures. And the guy said to me, he said, the clicking your camera makes is the same noise as the electric fence in his paddock. So <laughs> it's making him a little bit nervous. And obviously I'm clicking as close to the, the back of his head as, yeah. <laughs> as you can you can imagine. And uh, yeah, but he, after 20 he minutes... soon came around to it. He, ca- he came around to it. He, he was fine. Because a lot of the time I had to let go of the reins. Yeah, you know, I would just put the reins up on the saddle and hope that he was pretty good at just following the the horse in front. What was it like uh, riding on a western saddle? A lot more comfortable. More comfortable. A lot more, they're much wider though. Huh. M- much much wider. It's deeper, but it ha- it's helpful because there's a like basically a handle in the front where you can tie a rope onto and you can hang the reins on round. 
and especially when you're going downhill, which we were because we went up, and you're leaning all the way back in the saddle, it means that you can really sit and lean back into it. It's got quite stops high, you slipping yeah, off. Yeah, well. stops you slipping off. It's got quite a high back as well. Amazing experience. It was one of those things where you think that you'd have to save up for a lifetime to be able to do that kind of thing, and it was pure luck and chance that we were here at the right time, at the right place. And, and asked to go and photograph it. Asked yeah. to photograph it, but also on top of that, there was a spare horse, so yeah. a, a lot of things had to Because actually the day after, there wasn't a spare horse. Yeah. A lot of things had to go right for that to actually happen, and, and it wasn't planned. It was a, it was a 24-hour before job. Yeah. <laughs> but no bison. No bison. But I, I saw them in the park. Yeah, so. we had seen them the day before. You did see um, loads of uh, pronghorns there. Loads of prong. I got some good pictures of them. Uh, what were the little deer called again? Which ones were you looking at? The white tail? No, no, not the white oh, tail. the mule deer. The mule deer, that, that was them. I saw them when I was on the horseback. Mm. Uh, I think they got a little bit of a fright because it's kind of weird because you're on a horse that's quite quiet as you're walking up there. It's, it's kind of a natural snow, sound. In the snows, it? particularly because everything's just dampened. And uh, the deer kind of got a fright when we were riding up there. Yeah, a day later, they saw a whole bunch of um, bighorn sheep. Yes, yes, they did. That would have been amazing. Sadly, we weren't there. But. Amazing to be able to take a picture of those, but sadly, not. you can't have everything. No. Um, after that, most a lot of this week has been driving around visiting people for the podcast. In some of the craziest conditions. Yeah. The one night we came back from a podcast... And it it is snowed since we arrived. Every day since it's snowed day one, for a few hours snowed. at least. Yeah. And we were driving back and the snow was, it was a blizzard and there was trucks passing us on the road and I was basically having to stop on the highway because I couldn't see. It was it was a pure, if, if I was going too far to the right, then I'd hit that rumble strip and I knew I was going too far to the right. And then if you go too far to the left and you get the left <laughs> rumble strip and that's basically how Stay I was going. Stay between the rumbles. They just, they do not clear the roads here. Well, that we have seen them clear, but not like we have at home. It's different. But also it was snowing a shed load. So even if there'd been someone clearing it continuously. Yeah, but there wasn't even grit on the road or anything. I mean, we drove from Seattle to Montana and there wasn't a single truck on our side of the road clearing. The entire 12-hour journey, there was not one. Yeah, it was a bit crazy. So, yeah, there's... But like we said before, you you kind of understand it because there's so many miles of roads. Hundreds and hundreds of miles of highway and that's just one of many going into the going into the state. So you can imagine that it, it would be an impossible task to clear every single road. One thing we discovered, this was actually at the end, was that there is really good skiing outside Seattle. Oh, probably obvious for people in the United yeah, States. Yeah, but not obvious, not obvious as a foreigner. Yeah, the slopes looked amazing. They did. Really nice ski centers, and it's what thirty minutes outside yeah. the the city. Oh, unbelievable. I, I had. It's not a destination that people go to, but it's not that difficult to get to. It's uh, learn something new every day. So maybe instead of Europe, set your sights on the USA. Yeah. Fly into Seattle, do a bit of skiing. Airbnb, $30 a night. Yeah. <laughs> Hire a car, go and see another state. Just a change from going to France or I mean, you, you could, Austria all the time. You could, actually, you could in theory fly into Seattle 
and just ski your way all the way kind of to Montana and in Montana because they've got so much public land that you can access. If you're into cross-country skiing. Yeah, if you're into cross-country skiing. Yeah. So there's a thing. We um, did a podcast with a gent that you're going to be hearing from called uh, Brett Sang. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We had dinner at his house that night, uh, got to know him a little bit, uh, saw his man cave and bar um, like underneath where basically underneath where we were eating dinner with his underground um, target range for his bow and then sat down after and did a great podcast, which I'm looking forward to bringing everybody. Amazing fishing guide, which I didn't know going into the podcast that he uh, kind of a little bit of background we knew about him was as a hunter, but it turned out that he guided fishing all over the world. And we also spent the day with um, Peter, Peter Friend of from from Sig. Yep, Sig Electrooptics. We basically spent an hour just using a shed ton of ammunition <laughs> on on loads of different weapons and stuff we would never get a chance to shoot at home. Yeah, l- literally. We, we, I, I, I shot, I shot I a three hundred blackout for the first time, which was really cool. Which is basically like a two two three case blown out to take a three oh eight head. Pistols, uh, and some nine mil, nine mil rifles, rifles, like the nine mil pistol case, but in rifle format. These things have got a moderator on them. They're they're arguably almost completely silent. Yeah, very quiet. I thought there'd be a little bit more of a bang, but they're pretty damn quiet. And then we got to shoot long range. Yeah, I was just trying to remember the, uh, what rifle it was that he had, and I'm not sure that I can actually remember. It was in 6.5 Creedmoor, but I can't remember the make of the rifle off the top of my head now. 760 yards. Yeah, you I, shot out I the shot. furthest, didn't you? I only had, it was my last, I was very pleased with myself because it was the last bullet of the day kind of thing. And uh, I was, we were using the, the that SIG. Uh, uh, the electro-optic scope that you essentially press, you press the rangefinder. And then it drops the, the, the dot. dot. And with just a, a little bit of coaching of kind of where I needed to place it, because there was a wind blowing to the left-hand side of us, and aimed, fired, and it was a second and a half. Dung. Strike. <laughs> yeah, I'm very pleased with myself uh, with that. That was a lot of fun. And it was literally out the back of his house. He had a bit of a shooting range and a few targets up in the hills. Drove the pickup there, full of ammo in the back, a handful of guns. That little pistol. And, and we shot some pistols That well. little pistol had a bit of a bite to it. That was the SIG. But yeah. I think that's just because it was so small. Like it almost no, it was it bigger no than weight, your hand. no weight to it yeah. whatsoever. It was kind of one of those pistols you'd kind of put in a handbag or something. Yeah. I think it was designed to tuck inside your waist belt. For concealed carry, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was great. I love, uh, you know, over the years I've had a chance to shoot pretty much every rifle make and model in the UK that you can get at home. And it's so nice every now and then just to shoot things that you, I've never had a chance to, to shoot with before. Very enjoyable. And we went to s- saloon to eat. We've Proper saloons with swinging doors. <laughs> it's actually called the old saloon. Yeah, that was good food. And then we went to Stacy's. Which is kind of like another saloon. Yeah, that was a few a few days later. That was that's a really cool place inside. We put up a picture. We we had dinner there with um, uh, Tyler and Katie and uh, Eduardo and his fiance. Uh, we all had dinner there that night. So there was a picture up on our story of us in that um, in that, in that restaurant. Yeah, yeah. in stays. 
I'm trying to think what else. Oh, the Mountain Tough Fitness guys, which is a, a podcast. Uh, sadly, actually, that day the snow delayed us on the first podcast. Yeah. By about thirty minutes, and kind of it was a knock-on effect the whole entire day. So we got to those guys a little bit late, which was a bit annoying, but um, one of those things. We did a podcast with them, and then we went and did a Mountain Tough workout, and the, and the, the whole premise behind Mountain Tough. They'll explain it better than I will. Will, but the entire purpose of it is that. If it, if it's not useful in the mountains when you're back backcountry back country hunting or mainly hiking, mainly whatever, whatever, hiking spending time in the back, but basically if it's a movement that is not going to help you there, then it does not exist in their workouts. That is the premise. I think I've got that right. And we did the workout, and I'm still recovering two days after the fact. Yeah, I'm pretty sore. It was it was nails, and but what a great group of people both yeah. in the class and then the, the people who are involved in actually uh running mountain tough were a great group of guys as well yeah it was it was a really it cool was it was kind of humbling but... actually because it just destroyed me <laughs> <laughs> i felt i just felt so shit <laughs> it felt like day one of when i started crossfit again it was yeah. horrendous but they also do a lot of um, police and military as well so people that are either wanting to join the military or uh, kind of special forces specific training mm-hmm Firefighters as well. Firefighters, so yeah, really, really cool. And then, what do we do after that? Uh, after Mountain Tough was when we went to go and see Eduardo after yes, that. Yes, it was, and then... But before that, in the morning, uh, we were on someone else's podcast, so Ben O'Brien, um, who we had on the podcast, the one, Which, the last one that's just gone out. Yeah. Uh, we were on his, so the Hunting Collective. As soon as we know when that's coming out, because I'm not actually quite sure, we will make sure we stick it up on social so people can go and have a listen. And then we kind of made our way back. That was well. We had the Saturday first. Yeah. So um, so we kind of thought we were done, and then um, we had a last-minute organized interview with Ben Williams. Yeah. Who is a, was an awesome old gent, teacher in Livingston for thirty years, and an amazing upland hunter and great storyteller. So yeah. that was how we spent Saturday morning, and we even had lunch with him as well. Great seeing his dogs, his Britneys, and his yeah. pointers. And uh, then our trip, sadly, started to come to a close. Yeah. And uh, we made the epic journey back with uh, Chris Douglas from Filson, <laughs> who happened to be in Montana at the same time as us, and uh, said, do you want to ride home? And we're like, yeah, that would be really good. <laughs> ten, well, it should have been ten hours, but we there was an accident on the road, so we ended up sitting in the middle of the highway for two hours, not moving at all. Yeah. But we made it back eventually. Made it back, and uh, as we're recording this right now, this is literally the last few hours of being in in the United States, but it's been it's been an amazing two weeks. It's crazy. It's gone by so fast. Yeah. I don't know where the time's gone. But we, we will be back. Don't worry. 100%. It has been uh, everything I hoped it would be and more. Mm-hmm. Well, join us again in probably about a week's time for the regular show. And we hope you've enjoyed the kind of little interspersed shows, kind of documenting our trip. And, and the it, stories on Instagram. Yeah, and stories on Instagram. And if we, if you did enjoy these, let us know. And we might do some more when we're on kind of more extended trips like this again. I will just say, uh, while we have everybody's attention, that you need to go and check out the auction that we're running for the Pangolins. Uh, all the information we 
talk about it at the start of the last podcast that was out, and it's all on our website, thepacebrothers.com, and there's a tab along the top that says Pangolin Auction. Just click it, and you will see all the auction items, what we're hoping to achieve, and exactly what we're raising money for. But there's a chance to not only do good and raise some money, but also uh, buy some unique items that have been given to us. If you are on iTunes, could you do us a favor? Either leave us a review, and if you can't be asked typing, just scroll down to the the bottom of where you kind of get the podcast, and then there's just a star button. Slap five stars on that baby. And uh, even just doing that helps us out in the rankings. So thank you very much, and join us again in a week's time. Mm